Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Okay, so I'm going to hit some culture war stuff today, and it's really important because our culture is under attack in more ways than I can even really imagine. I, I just, it's hard to fathom how many different ways that our culture is under attack. And uh, the attack is really insidious, and it's from so many different angles, right? It's not just, uh, everybody wants to break it down into conservative, liberal, uh, black, white, gay, straight, you know, this, that, and other. It's not. It's everywhere. It's really about divisiveness. It's about sowing hate. It's about sowing discord. And so I want to hit some of that stuff today, and I want to open up with talking a little bit about this Juneteenth thing, right? So Juneteenth, and I think this is a really interesting thing. Now, when we talk about Juneteenth, a lot of conservatives uh, first want to roll their eyes a bit because they think it's a Joe Biden crap CRT holiday. And I disagree with you. Okay, I disagree with you. Uh, I think it's actually kind of an interesting thing. Now, whether or not you should separate Juneteenth and MLK and all these different days into multiple holidays, I don't know. But let me tell you about Juneteenth. So Juneteenth, uh, it, it marks the day when when federal troops got to Galveston, Texas, and uh, basically said, hey, uh, those of you that are enslaved are free. It's back in 1865, and it was an emancipation day, right? I mean, it's really, it, it's really about uh, celebrating the end of slavery in the United States, and that's certainly something that ought to be recognized, right? Now, I'm of the belief that we should recognize and celebrate our history. I think that the Civil War, I think that the, the Confederate general statues and things like that, those are things that should be there. We have to remember our history. We have to learn from our history. And we have to celebrate the good parts and the bad parts uh, in the, because the bad parts allowed us to grow and to become better, right? Obviously, slavery was a horrible thing. I mean, segregation, slavery, the whole civil rights. And for those of you that listen, you know that I'm a big one on equality. But I believe that we don't do equality. What we do now has nothing to do with equality. What we do now is the most racist, bigoted, monstrous stuff ever. And uh, it doesn't sit well with me because I don't believe that that's something God would like. God doesn't want us to hate each other because we look different. It's just that simple. And anybody that says that you should hate someone because they have a different skin color, different this, different that, is to my mind a piece of garbage, right? I, I don't I don't believe that we should judge God's creation based on its color or how it looks. You don't control that as a person. So the idea that we should discriminate or some hate someone because of the color of their skin is to me a, a repulsive thing. Uh, but this is exactly the problem I have with the left. The left is pushing racism in a big way. So Juneteenth to me is a good thing. To me, we celebrate the idea that the emancipation of, of the slaves occurred and we should, we should remember that. We should understand that. We should understand that even when Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, it was not honored. It was not even sort of honored. It absolutely, slavery continued on and until, uh, it, listen, the idea that as of uh, 1865, when, when the troops got to Texas and said no more slavery, that it ended 
is absurd. It didn't. It didn't. It was a process. Ending slavery uh, took quite a bit of work and obviously a civil war and a whole bunch of other things. Um, but, but the idea that we have to mark a specific day to celebrate the end of slavery is a good thing to me. I'm in with that. Okay, so here's the thing. When we talk about ending slavery, what we should really be talking about is the recognition that God created all men and women with an equal opportunity. That we should have an equal opportunity and that we shouldn't be held back based on how we look, right? Now, let's let's uh, distinguish this from this whole new idea that fat, fat is racism. No. You choose to be fat. You choose to be skinny, okay? You be a big fat cow, it's because you eat too many donuts. Uh, you can't choose the color of your skin. You can't choose whether you're tall or short. You can't choose whether you're, uh, you know, whatever. The things that you choose are things that we should make decisions about because they're manifestations of the content of your character, whereas how you look is not. How you look is something, you know, God created each of us. You can decide whether to eat a donut and be a big fat cow. You can't decide whether to be born black, to be born white, to be born brown. Uh, so this this idea that that uh, somehow you know your decisions are tied with racism or things like that is actually repulsive to me. So let's talk about what's going on here, and this is important because I you know I'm going to actually doing some speaking on the Juneteenth event up in Grand Rapids. And uh, actually, when this show airs, I'll probably be up there. I'm pre-recording this little part of it because I'm going to be speaking at a Juneteenth event. And I'm going to be talking about bringing us together. I'm going to be talking about the importance of us coming together as a nation and eliminating the racism that's occurring and eliminating the lies that are occurring. Right now, these people, these evil people are trying to divide us. They're trying to separate us more and further based on the color of our skin. That's what CRT is. The first thing I need to do is look at you as, as a black man, a white man, a yellow man, a brown man. That's what CRT teaches. That is the most bigoted garbage I've ever seen. It is absolutely abhorrent. We should look at you as a man and judge you by the content of your character. To that extent, I have over here on my other uh, screen, in my stack of stuff, the text of Dr. Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech. One of my favorite speeches in history. Uh, I absolutely, uh, you know, King was a, a genius. And I think two of my favorite American historical figures are, are Dr. Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. Now, I, I would say that probably uh, George Washington, when you look at him as a historical figure, and more importantly, when you look at him as a person, was one of the most remarkable people uh, in American history. Uh, Lincoln did some remarkable things. A bunch of our founding fathers were remarkable. I mean, you talk about inspired by God. But the... Uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was really an incredible man. And the thing that I like about him, and actually Rosa Parks stands out for me. And Rosa Parks, uh, the thing about Rosa Parks is that she's such an individual, right? So you get just this, this, this woman who just said no, just had the courage to say no. And I think that's remarkable. 
I think a regular person just uh, Dr. King, you know, I mean, he, he was a great leader and he was, he was, you know, a brilliant and a historical figure, but I also like Rosa Parks because just a regular person saying no, I, it was, it was just a really an incredible thing. But Dr. King, uh, you know, I've got his speech over here and I love that he talks the way he, I love the way he speaks. I love the, the truth in what he's saying. Uh, yeah, he talks about American history and he talks about the Emancipation Procl Proclamation. And he talks about that despite the fact that the slaves were emancipated, that at that point in history, they still were not free and they weren't, they weren't. You know, prior to the civil rights movement, uh, if you were if you were a person of color, you were treated as a lesser. You were viewed as a lesser. And for those of us that are old enough to uh, have, you know, either I was not alive for the civil rights movement. Okay, I was. I'm younger than that. But for those of you that out there that were born and that remember prior to the civil rights movement, or those of us who are old enough whose parents and grandparents were alive before the civil rights movement, you, you know the stories, right? <clears throat> you know that, that you know, a black man was not viewed as equal to a white man prior to that. And that's a shame. It's, it's not a Christian thing. Uh, you know that we, we had a time in American history where even though uh, slaves had been freed, there was no equal opportunity. But we sense because of Dr. King's work, the laws have been changed. The rules have been changed. And we are now legally required to provide equal opportunity for everyone. The problem is, is that equal opportunity is where it needs to be. But those that want to be racist, those that hate, those that hate America, don't want equal opportunity. They claim that they want equal outcome because they call it fair. But the reality is, is that equal outcomes are never fair because equal outcomes don't require equal effort. Equal outcomes mean that you can do nothing and get the same as someone who works their tail off. So now they claim that because outcomes are different, there's somehow racism and it's a lie. And Martin Luther King didn't want equal outcomes. He wanted equal opportunity, as demonstrated by this speech. Uh, sadly, the life of uh, the people of color was, quote, crippled by the manacles of segregation and discrimination. They talk. He talks about the prosperity that was denied to people of color. He talks about how we didn't live up to our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, and uh, that those were promissory notes in which every American was to fall heir. A promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not equal outcomes. Dr. King never asked for equal outcomes because that's communism. That's slavery. He asked for an end to racial injustice. He talked about the urgency of, of fighting for equal opportunity. He talked about the fact that we needed to push forward as a single people, 
where everyone had equal opportunity and where the ship was raised for all people. Uh, the ship raised by a rising tide, a rising tide of truth. Yeah, he didn't use those words, uh, but that's what he was pushing for. He says, let us not satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. Wow. Wow. Those words are critical. Uh, it, it's just because that's what we have now. That's what we have. That's what Antifa does. That's what Black Lives Matter push. Let's riot. Let's protest. Let's, let's cause problems. Because uh, we, we want to fight. Freedom is not about equal outcomes. Freedom is about the opportunity to live your life equally with equal opportunities. And that's what Dr. King understood. But there is something I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold, which leads to the palace of justice and the process of gaining our rightful place. We must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow creative protest to degenerate into physical violence. Hello, BLM. Hello, Seattle. Hello, uh, all of those of you who burned and destroyed and stole. Again and again, we must rise the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. The marvelous new militancy which is engulfed. The yeah, Dr. King used the word Negro frequently. Uh, because in those days, that was the word that was used. It wasn't meant to be controversial. Uh, it was a descriptive term. We're not accustomed to hearing that word today, and it's something that uh, it's a little uncomfortable even for me to use, frankly. Um, so I, I'm going to probably use uh, a different term mostly just because I don't care for it. I don't care for it. It's too much connotation for it with it, and I don't think that it's something that uh, is useful. Um, but uh, the community must, uh, I'm going to say the, the, the black community must not lead to distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, have come to realize their destiny is tied up with our destiny. They've come to realize that freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone. And that's right. We can't. We can't. Whether you are black or white, we are all American. And freedom is what we're fighting for. Freedom for the black man, for the white man, for all men. Freedom is what we look for. Freedom is what we fight for. Uh, Dr. King talked about the un unspeakable horrors of police brutality. But understand that police brutality in those days was different. They did. They openly targeted people because of the color of their skin. And I'm not going to tell you that there is no racism today in police work. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that people are never targeted because of the color of their skin. I am going to tell you that it's greatly, greatly diminished. It's not at all like it was in the 60s. There were no, there are no more fire hoses uh, and uh, instances where we see things like occurred uh, in, in the 60s where it was based entirely on the color of someone's skin.
Uh, not to say that there aren't still instances where it's wrong, but uh, when we look back, look through this, we see Dr. King, and I want to go to the most important thing. I have a dream, right? That my four little children will live in, uh, will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. That's what we aspire to. Dr. King knew that we should always be judged by the content of our character, but we can never allow for judgment based on the color of our skin. I agree with Dr. King and I have an equal dream. So let's stand together, black, white, brown, yellow. Let's stand together. Let's honor the fact that we have we have remedied many of the mistakes of our past, that we are pushing for freedom. Let's stand together as free people in America. Let's stand together and push uh, for for continued opportunity, for equal opportunity for all, and for outcomes to be determined by the efforts and the, the abilities that people put into what they do, not by the color of their skin. We'll be right back. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back. Welcome back. So let's go, let's go and continue on with this, right? The culture wars. And let's distinguish between what's occurring with content of character and color of skin, right? So content of character 
that's the decisions that we make. Those are the things that we control, right? We have the ability to control what we do in life. Now, it's not always easy, right? Um, I absolutely have an obsession with fresh bacon maple donuts, okay? And with cheesecake. Cheesecake and bacon maple donuts are two of my favorite things on the planet. Anything with bacon is my favorite thing on the planet. But when you put bacon on a fresh donut with like the maple frosting, that is, I am pretty sure that if you die and go to heaven, that's what you get for dinner. Uh, and you don't get fat from it, right? I also love cheesecake. Any kind of fruit you put on a cheesecake is delicious. And actually, I'm sure there's a way to integrate bacon into cheesecake that would make it even better. Uh, I don't know what else to say. They're just absolutely, those are just delicious. In fact, I think I would be willing to make an argument. I don't know if it'd be quite the debate between as we're going to see between Hotez and RFK, but uh, I'd be willing to argue between that... Uh, the manna that rained down from heaven when the Jewish people were traveling the desert, you know, the, the Israelites, they're, they're traveling the desert, uh, you know, and, and, and searching. God gave them manna from heaven. I think it might have been cheesecake and maple bacon donuts. I could be wrong. Anyways, uh, I love them. But if I eat them all the time, I'm going to turn into a big fat fatty, right? I know that. That's just the way it is. So I choose not to eat them. Now, sometimes, sometimes I'm okay. I choose to eat them. And then I have two decisions or two options, right? I have a decision to make. Do I want to, uh, you know, just gain a few pounds because I ate my maple bacon donut? Or do I want to go for a run? Now, I run fairly frequently. That's a, something that I just enjoy doing. I go to the gym. I run. I do all these things. Um, which would I prefer doing? Decisions, right? Now, sometimes it's hard. Like, I'm going to go for a run today. I'm tired. I'm busy. I have a very, very jam-packed schedule. Fitting a run in is going to be very hard. I'm going to fit it in. You know why? Because I choose to. That's my decision. It's not easy, but I'm going to do it. Okay, so decisions and the decisions we make in life are not always easy, right? Uh, I went to school. I didn't like school. Uh, I went to law school. I went to college. Didn't really love doing that either. It's just, you know, there's a whole bunch of tripe and drivel from a bunch of arrogant people who thought they were smart, telling me what to do. And some of them were smart. Some of them, I did have some brilliant people that I worked with in school. But there were also a lot of buffoons that ran their mouth a lot and thought they were smart, but were actually stupid. Okay. Uh, I just, school's just not my favorite place to be. It's not to say that I, I actually like teaching. Uh, I, I like teaching and I, there's certain aspects of school that I really enjoy, but I don't, uh, there was just a lot of stuff I didn't care, but I did it, right? It was a tough decision, something that I, I chose to do. If a person is born black, they can't change that, right? They can, they can't change it. That. that is 100% just nature. Uh, if you choose to act that is always something that is content of character, right? Your actions are 100% content of character. So let's look at what's going on here. And let's compare uh, to, uh, the, the idea of racism 
versus the idea of this transphobia. Racism is something that, as noted by Dr. King, uh, is, is an abhorrent and appalling thing that we can't deal with because you can't change the way you were born. Trans is a choice, right? You tell me I feel like a girl. Well, one of two things is true. Either I have a mental illness or I'm making a choice. Now, if I have a mental illness, we should we should have some uh, we should we should understand that a mental illness is a mental illness. Gender dysphoria is a real mental illness. It occurs very very infrequently. Gender dysphoria disorder is a very rare disease uh, that we're now nurturing into people. We're actually creating gender dysphoria disorder in a number of children by telling them that it's okay to be something you're not and can't be. So we're actually promoting disease in this country right now, which is bizarre. Uh, then we're, we're telling children that they can make a choice to be something that they can't be uh, any more than a white man can be black. I can't be black. I'm not black. Here's a newsflash, everybody. I am not black. I can't choose to be black. If I identify as black, it's insulting to a black person. And it should be. I can't know what that is. Uh, it shouldn't make a difference whether I'm black or right, because ultimately we should be judged by the content of our character. But for me to pretend that I'm something I'm not is just insulting to someone who is. Just like if I pretend to be a girl and then just go beat the heck out of a bunch of women in women's sports, that's an insult to women. Right? But they want us to accept this trans thing, right? Now, if you want to do something that nobody knows and you don't want to, uh, you know, impact anybody else. That's one thing, but trans being a mental disorder and trying to push this on children is an absurd, absurd thing. Uh, it's a mental disorder that can be nurtured, right? You can facilitate this in people and the result of, of becoming trans of nurturing this mental disorder is that you end up with lifelong health problems, surgeries, hormone replacement things, things that cause major, major health issues because you can't change boy to girl or girl to boy. And if you have a true gender dysphoric disorder where you identify as something that you're not, well, that's fine. Uh, we should have compassion for you. But to choose it is completely unacceptable, completely unacceptable. Uh so we need to distinguish between people that are trans because they have gender dysphoria disorder, which is a very, very, very small number of people. Uh, less, way, way less than 1%. Uh, then we have to understand the numbers that are skyrocketing, the skyrocketing numbers we're seeing that are because of nurture. So let's talk about this, right? Uh, you have... You have people of color who've been dealing with real discrimination, who have been fighting for uh, equal opportunity, who are now being discriminated against because they're pushing, you know, people are telling us that we should identify them by the color of their skin first. That's racism, right? So the fight against racism isn't over. The fight against racism is the fight now against CRT and against the left. Uh, but you compare what the people of color face with the racism, with what we see in people who are making a choice. And let me talk about this, right? Let me talk about this. Uh, 
let's start with this. Headline, scientists respond to resurface 1991 study on borderline personality disorder of mothers of transgender boys. So there's a study in 1991, and it basically it said that, you know, when you get a transgender boy, more times than not, the mother has a personality disorder. Imagine that. Inherited psychological issues. Again, we're nurturing this disease. We're nurturing it. And uh, it's an interesting study. And uh, they talk about the fact that it would be hard to reproduce the study today because of the politicization. But uh, one scientist suggested that the results would continue to be similar, if not uh, increased, because of the, quote, social incentives to have a non-cisgendered child are likely greater now than 30 years ago. We are nurturing this, folks. We are nurturing this. We're nurturing this delusion. Uh, This is really an absurd thing. If we look through this, the rest of this article, and it's it's published on MSN, I think it is a Fox News article, um, there's absolutely a relationship here, right? We've known for years this is a mental disorder and it's something that's, you know, can be... uh, Created when when particular when family members are mentally unstable. So yeah, you know, when we look through this, we see a, a number of things suggesting nobody wants to just come right out and say that, other than me, because I don't care. Uh, by the way, they do note that the 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 trans perverts that were at the Pride event at the White House recently were flashing uh, their their fake uh, boobs in front of children, which I think is perverted. But they also note, and I'm reading a quote from the article, a cottage industry has emerged on social media of parents documenting their children undergoing gender-changing procedures with accusations of profiting off their transition or encouraging it being widespread. Quote, the study is fascinating because it examines this outside of the current culture and political context surrounding gender. The Maranson Cota study has strengths in that it examines the issue before the current cultural explosion, redefining the norms of gender. It has a very small sample size, but that is to be expected for gender identity disorder that was at that time incredibly rare. We are teaching this. We are creating mental illness in our society, folks. We We are telling people that this is a choice they can make, and it's resulting in increased mental illness. Think about that. Think about that. When Donald Trump and Bobby Kennedy talk about studying the, the negative health impacts in our society, this is probably one of the one of the top ones. You have vaccines, and then you have the creation of this gender dysphoria disorder and psych- psychological disorders that are being manifested by people who are attempting to, to shove this down people's throats. Now, when we talk about this being a socially created disease, let me go to this headline by the Washington Examiner. Too many transgender activists are sadistic bullies. If you've, this article opens with, if you've ever wondered why so many scientists have remained silent, silent as to gender ideology overtakes the universe, here's another example to contemplate. A new study is released on the subject of rapid onset gender dysphoria, uh, or ROGD, and it refers to the epidemic of predominantly young women and teenage girls who transition to male or so-called third gender, often suddenly without any previous history of gender problems. 26 states have banned it. Uh, they're talking about this 
all the way across all across this this report. Here's the thing. Here's what you find. Uh, the college fix, fix reports that activists are now demanding that the aforementioned ROGD study be retracted and the editor responsible for publishing it be removed from the academic journal. Why? Because these people are bullies. They don't want to talk about the fact that this is a sick and demented disorder that's being shoved down people's throat. And they attack you if you speak about this. That's why, you know what? You notice, folks, I don't have any problem talking to you about these perverts. Here's a newsflash, you cowards. You cowardly 20-something wussies. You little college weenie wussies that don't have the courage to think for yourself. You guys who are standing out there trying to show everybody how strong and good you are. You're creating lifelong health problems. And your lack of courage to say that this is wrong so that you can... Here's the thing. No, You wanted me to really make people mad? I'm going to really make people mad now. You want to know what's happening, really? You want to know how this happened? You get to the college, and the pretty girls get told, oh, boy, here we go. You ready? My my I, my, my, uh, my producer's going to be shaking her head again. Uh, they get the pretty girls, and they convince them that uh, this is about compassion and love and caring and accepting people. Then the spineless wussy boys who want to pick up the pretty girls say, yeah, I'm woke. I'm into it. LGBTQIA, I'm in. And uh, then, you know, the boys don't say anything because they want to pick up the girls. The girls are too stupid to have picked up what they're doing. And this isn't because they're girls. It's because they're targeted. Uh, you know, they, they target this, they target this towards, uh, towards, uh, towards people. And then they get the, they get the, the, the leaders, the leaders, they really target leaders. Uh, they target leaders, so, social leaders. It's not just the pretty girls. It's also the leader boys, uh, but they target the leaders. They try and get leaders to push, uh, this, this absurdity. And then everybody just goes along. The, the boys want to pick up the girls. The girls want to follow the boys. Uh, they they all support each other. You've got this just this mess of social engineering that's going on where these kids are all looking for approval from each other. They get the leader kids, who are usually the most attractive, boys and girls, to push us. And then suddenly nobody wants to talk about the fact that it's all garbage. Uh Folks, I don't know. I don't know. Listen to this. Findings suggested that increased rates of transition may be explained by pre-existing mental health problems, including autism, borderline personality disorder, PTSD, schizophrenia, stressful life events such as moving, parental divorce, and severe sexual or physical abuse. Both mental, children's mental health and parent-child relationships reportedly deteriorated after social transition. Parents also said they believe clinicians pressured families to support uh, child's transition. They wanted to they want to pull this right because it's not socially acceptable. We should accept everybody. Love is love. Ask the stupid college kids, right? Their their professors told them love's love. Uh, and you think that I'm being sexist with this? Girls tended to transition socially earlier than boys. Well, 
you got to understand this. Little boys go where little girls are. Uh, that's a kind of a natural thing. Um, the the real weakness for, for most men is women. I mean, that's just a reality. Have you ever heard of honeypots? Look it up. There's a reason that things like that are used. There's a reason that F-Steam was so, so successful. You take a pretty girl, you can get most boys to follow. You know, they've done this. They've attacked women. They've attacked this. They've attacked that. Now they're attacking men. Uh, they attack men too. I mean, this whole thing, it is all a social construct. It is an absolute mess. Um, folks, our society is crumbling. Our culture is collapsing. And we're supposed to somehow think that this is okay. We're supposed to stand aside and say that this is okay. We're, we're teaching mental disorders. We're pushing this. It is mind-blowing. Boys, girls, black, white, we should all be viewed as equal. Equal opportunity. It doesn't mean equal outcome. We should all have equal opportunity. And, uh, you know, our co the content of our character is determined by the decisions we make. Decisions to push this, decisions to do things like this, these are tied with mental disorders, personality disorders, and, you know, they can try and t call it anything they want to call it. But the reality is, is that this is just something that's based on mental health. We'll be back. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. A stack of stuff. Here we go. Here we go. It is, <laughs> well, just more, more, uh, social stuff to get me in trouble, right? Okay, headline from LGBTQ Nation. 
which is a uh, yeah. I mean, I spend a lot of time reading that. That's a it's a great great uh, news something something something. Uh, I recommend that if you are really in the mood to gouge your own eyes out, you go to it. But 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 in light of my desire to provide truth and transparency to you all, I have read an article from LGBTQ Nation. Headline, city votes unanimously to ban pride flag to, quote, respect religious rights of our citizens. I absolutely love this. Okay, I love this. Right? So uh, I'm just going to read this a little to you. A city near Detroit has banned pride flags from flying on public property. The city council of Hamtrak, Michigan, voted unanimously against pride flag after what were reportedly... A contentious few months, it culminated in a three-hour public com- a comment period. Okay. Now, here is where it gets interesting, folks, and here is why I wanted to read it. This is really important because of the following. Quote, the entire Hamtrak City Council is Muslim, as are about 50% of city residents. The Detroit Free Press reported that city council members argued that while LGBTQ plus people are welcome in the city, flying the pride flag would disrespect the religious freedom of others. Police may violate state law and will leave trans student at risk of being dis... So, uh, folks... The Muslims don't want the trans crap in their schools. They don't want groomers. They don't want perversion. They don't want you to try and pervert their children. And whereas most Christians have been too cowardly to speak on this, the Muslims have remained faithful to their faith, which says that that's wrong. So here... You have a really interesting thing, because what is the mainstream media going to do? You have a majority Muslim city, and the one cardinal rule for the last couple decades has been you never say anything negative about the Muslims. Well, the Muslims don't like the LGBTQ. They say, you're welcome. Do your thing. But get your damn flags off of our property. We don't want to see it. You do your thing. You know. Kind of like we do with everything else in this country. A little bit, yeah, you can do what you want to do. Freedom is free. But we don't need to see it. I don't need it shoved down my throat. And guess what? Uh, that's that's offensive. It's offensive to our religious people. Now, we're supposed to say you can never be offensive to gay people or to trans people or to any other people. But they're allowed to be offensive to everybody. Why is that? Why is that? Well, Hamtrak City Council uh, is 100% Muslim, and they said, hell no. We're not going to have you insult our faith. So uh, it's interesting, because when we talk about freedom and we talk about saving our kids, it doesn't matter what your faith is. Any faith, short of atheism, believes that you keep your kids safe. Well... God bless the Muslims on this. Um, I, I'm appreciative. I guess, you know, the Christians don't have any any uh, cojones anymore. The men don't have any cojones anymore. They're, the women are under complete attack. So now we've got the Muslims standing in the gap. Uh, well, God bless them. And you know what? Good for them. 
Good for them. I support uh, the city council of Hamtrak, uh, uh, Michigan, in this particular endeavor. I think that's hilarious. I think that, oh boy, I, I can only imagine what what does the mainstream media do with that? How do they deal with that one? Are they gonna they're gonna start ripping the Muslims? Good luck with that one. All right. Headline: Scripps Nation, Scripps News, citing racist origins. The American Medical Association de-emphasizes BMI. Really? Really? What does race have to do with being fat? The American Medical Association announced it has adopted recommendations de-emphasizing the use of body mass index as a measurement of medicine. The group recommends using or considering BMI along with other factors, including visceral fat, body adiposity index, body composition, relative fat mass, uh, waist circumference, uh, genetic and metabolic factors. AMA said it recognizes uh, issues with using BMI as a measurement due to its historical harm, its use for racist exclusion, and because BMI is based primarily on data collected from previous generations of non-Hispanic white populations. Uh, You know, BMI is actually kind of garbage, right? I mean, it, it really is. Um. But this goes to the the larger attack on anyone that is, or anything that is related to fitness, right? So, and you know, this is a thing for me, folks. I like working out. I like that sort of stuff. Um, And this is a very true statement. It may overestimate body fat in athletes and others who have muscular builds, said the NIH. It may underestimate the body fat in older persons who have lost muscle. That's true. That's true. The body mass index is kind of a garbage measure. Um, but I want to go to the underlying point. The AMA has known that BMI is garbage for a long time. It wasn't until this push to call uh, everything related to being fat racist that they decided to do anything. This is the AMA uh, doing the right thing for the wrong reason. And it kind of bothers me on that front. I'm glad that they're doing this. I'm glad that they're they're shifting this. They should be looking at adipose. They should be looking at, uh, you know, body composition, things like that. I am considered uh, obese based on my BMI. And, folks, I mean, I'm not obese. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, I've been fat. I'm not fat right this minute. Right this minute, I'm fairly lean. In fact, yesterday I was underweight. So, uh, yeah, based on body fat, yeah, I was a little leaner than I wanted to be. Um, but it's because I eat right. I exercise, I do this, do that. And I carry a lot more muscle, but the muscle weighs more than the fat. So a BMI means that you are, uh, you know, by BMI factors, they look at your weight and your height and stuff like this and say, well, I'm fat. Well, I'm not fat. And so it's a bad measurement. It's not a good measurement. But, you know, listen. You got these big fat pigs out there saying that if you call me fat, you're racist. No, no, I'm just noting that you're fat. Uh, again, what we're trying to do, and this goes to the, the whole theme of today's show, they want to eliminate content of character 
from the equation, right? You are responsible for your decisions and your choices in life. If you're fat, you're responsible. If you're thin, you're responsible. If you work hard and do good in school and get degrees and this, that, and other, you're responsible. If you don't, you're responsible. You know, the decisions that we make are the one thing that we are accountable for and responsible for. They want to remove that, which is equal outcomes, which is communism. You can't have equal outcomes. And by the way, communism and equal outcomes are always a fallacy because the equal outcomes are limited to those who are not in charge. Everybody's equally miserable except for the people running the show who are living the good life. And this BMI thing, this was done because of people who are pushing for equal outcomes. And so while the AMA did get it right in uh, de-emphasizing BMI, they got it wrong. Uh, they got the reasons for doing so. I mean, just that simple. Uh, and I, that's a real issue. Okay, so moving on. Okay, this next story is something that uh, it actually just really made me sad. I, I almost didn't include this in the stack of stuff because it just I, it's just sad. I think this whole thing is sad. This is in the Idaho Tribune. Unhappy Father's Day. Pervert killed in Kellogg, Idaho after police and school admins took no action. Caught masturbating while looking at neighbors' kids and in school. So what we have here is this this young man who, uh, well, uh, apparently is some sort of a pervert or he's got some something wrong with him. Uh, he was over 18, and he was taking care of his own business while looking at a uh, neighbor's little girl's. And these are the little girls. These are 11 years old. And uh, I mean, this guy's got issues. He's got a long history of issues. Uh, he was just, I think he was 18 years old at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, he's he's just got this penance for little girls and whatever. And he's had this problem. During, he had this problem during school. The school didn't do anything about it. It talked to poli- the police were notified. He's, nobody's doing anything about it. No charges. They're just letting this guy run around do these things that are just completely unacceptable. His behavior is completely unacceptable. The guy's obviously a pervert. He's got all sorts of issues. And uh, the thing about it is, is so the dad of the little girls, uh, you know, found out what was going on. Found out that this guy was doing it. Uh, got home from work, found out what happened, lost it, totally lost it. Went and shot this pervert and uh, three other individuals in the pervert's house. Uh, killed killed them all. Uh, crime of passion is what it's being called. And uh, the what's sad here is you know that dad he lost it for. I mean, listen, if there's a time you're going to lose it, that's the way you're going to do it, right? I mean, it's absolutely understandable. And, uh, you know, you screwed with my kids that probably, I I mean, I can't say I wouldn't do the same. I, I can't. But now this guy's going to probably spend a lot of years in jail. And there's going to be all sorts of issues. This poor, this dad's kids who he was defending, you know, aren't going to get to grow up with him because he's probably going to be in jail unless he can get out on temporary insanity, which he might, he might. 
I mean, this is uh, from a lawyer's perspective. This guy literally met the definition of temporary insanity. There are certain things that I don't know about in Idaho because I don't know the rules in Idaho. But I do know that, you know, if anyone could make the argument that they were temporarily insane, this guy, it looks like he could make that argument. Meanwhile, you see all these posts, all this stuff about this guy, uh, you know, this kid, the guy that got shot. I mean, he's a pervert. The guy's a sick, sick dude. And uh, everybody knew it, but no one would do anything. The police didn't do anything. The schools didn't. No one did anything. Just let this pervert keep going. And they kept going, kept going until he did it with the wrong guy. Now you got a dad who's not going to be there for his little kids because he had to take care of the business that the police and these other people should have taken care of. I think this is very sad, folks. It's very sad. Um, I mean, you know, you notice I'm not shedding a whole lot of tears for the loss of the pervert, but uh, the the dad and that family, they're, they're going to be dealing with no dad for a lot of years now because he did the job that no one else did. You know, I don't know the whole thing, just a sad situation to me. Okay. Headline, the Geller report. Antony Blinken gets humiliated in China. It's a very short story. Uh, but I think that this is a really important thing. You know, when Trump was there, he kept talking about, oh, the world doesn't respect us. Nobody respects us because we have Donald. Everybody respected us when we had Donald Trump. Everybody. Because the world knows to respect strength. They don't respect spineless wussies. And uh, that's what we have now. We have sellout uh, bribery Biden, the crook, and his sellout administration that is just meaningless. So Blinken goes to, to China. And there's a really interesting uh, uh, Twitter post that they, they've got here that has two pictures, okay? One is Macron disembarking from an airplane in China, and you see this huge fanfare, all these people. I mean, it's really something. The other is Antony Blinken. There's nobody there. I mean, nobody. Uh, he was welcomed by, listen to this, the Director General of the Department of North American and Oceanic Affairs of the Foreign Ministry and the U.S. Ambassador to China. That's it. That's that's what he got. Uh, Blinken shows up. He's got, well, nobody. <laughs> nobody cares. He, uh, uh, you get cabinet-level officials from the United States showing up in China, and you, you can't even get someone to show up and say hi because they don't care. And they shouldn't care. Why would they care? What, what's he got to say or do? Nothing. He's a meaningless piece of garbage. All right. Uh, World Net Daily headline, super secret male-only society struggling with trans issue. Well, this is an interesting thing, right? So the Masons, the Freemasons. And listen, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, fan or believer that, you know, Every secret society is evil, but every everything that is secret is, uh, well, it's secret. So people always have mistrust. But, uh, you know, the Masons are having some issues because they're an all-male fraternity. And you've got, well, what do you do if you're an all-male anything right now? You know, I mean, uh, you, get the, you get the weenie removal or adedictomy surgery. What do you do with that? So you're a man... You're a member of the Freemasons. You get your weenie cut off. 
are you still a Freemason? And what about the, the women who have an adedictomy surgery? Are they now welcome? I mean, to me, the answer is very clearly no. And according to the Texas Lodge, it's no. But the United Grand Lodge of England says, no, it's fine. So I, you know, I don't know. I, I get a boot out of it when, uh, when these groups, you know, they, they, here's the problem. They're just holding steady and staying true to God. It'd be very clear, but they aren't. So anyways, uh, all right. So I need you guys to go to TomRens.com and support us. Join our Rens Warrior program. Uh, we're developing that as we speak. It's getting bigger, getting better. Uh, join our newsletter. Join our Substack. Give us some. We we need some donations, folks. We do need some donations right now. Uh, it's it's tough. We've got to get that handled. Got to make sure that there's some donations coming in. Uh, so please do what you can on that. Um, support us. Just support us across the board, and also support the Out Loud Network. We need you go to share the show. Tom Ren's show. We're trying to put out truth. We're fighting the fight. We're putting out information. Uh, the censorship's mind-blowing. The DOD knows that we know what's going on. Uh, they're fighting against us to keep us censored on social media and everywhere else. Uh, the only thing we can do is make sure you're sharing. So share this show. Support our sponsors on the Out Loud Network. Click on the banner ads. Use Out Loud code at checkout. Uh, support them. Great sponsors. Great stuff. Uh, we appreciate your support and we'll be back soon.